Well, good morning. It is Thursday, October 12, 2023. Thursday, October 12, 2023. Slava Ukraine, Heroium Slava. Uh, tomorrow, by the way, will be my 100th episode of my fourth season. I have nearly 900 episodes, uh, which, you know, it's old news now. You're welcome to listen, but, you know, if you you can you can scroll through and you can see if there's anything interesting in there, you know. Maybe, maybe there's something on a celebrity that I occasionally put in there that might interest you. I don't know. Anyway, BVTV, Political Views TV Podcast. That's what you Google to find me. Uh, tell your friends to Google uh, Political Views TV Podcast, those four words, and I'll show up right at the top of the search. I, can I just say, in case I haven't mentioned it to you before, I really appreciate you coming every day. I really do. It's very nice of you. Uh, if you can, uh, please bring someone with you today or tomorrow. That would be awesome. And you can tweet to me or X to me or uh, post to me questions or insights or come fight with me at Cyberclops, C-Y-B-E-R-C-L-O-P-S on formerly known as Twitter. Uh, let's start. You know, I don't normally do opinion pieces, but I think this is a very, very high probability. So let's start with an opinion piece in the Hill uh, today. Uh, it's saying that Russia may have been involved in the Hamas attack on Israel in an attempt to distract from the war in Ukraine. Uh, Putin's troops are losing, and Russia is not keeping up with the financial demand for the war. Uh, the Hill laid out the evidence for Russia, uh, Russian involvement in this atrocity is circumstantial but present. Uh, Putin benefited from leveraging Hamas to incite terror and generate an Israeli response to distract the U.S. government away from supporting Ukraine, and he used Iran to achieve his end. Hamas leaders traveled to Moscow in March 2023, where, according to the Russian Foreign Ministry, their meeting touched on Russia's unchanged position in support of a just solution to the Palestinian problem. More recently, Hamas Politburo uh, Chief uh, Ishmael Haniyeh was in Moscow on September 10th. At the time, Hillel Frisch, a senior fellow of the Jerusalem Institute for Strategy and Security, thought the purpose of the meeting was to signal displeasure with Israel, perhaps in re, uh, relation to Ukraine. Given the events of October 7th, a more likely explanation would be that he backed uh, he, he backbriefed the Kremlin on Hamas' final preparations for the attack time to take place on Putin's 71st birthday, a quid pro quo. Other activities suggest Russian support and organization. According to the Ukrainian Center for National Resistance, members of PMC Wagner, who left Belarus for Africa, allegedly participated in training of Hamas militants on assault tactics and the use of small unmanned aerial vehicles to drop explosive devices on vehicles and other targets. Israeli government and media websites were repeatedly targeted with uh, 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 dis uh, distributed denial of service attacks by hacking groups associated with Russia um, and allied with Hamas. Uh, Killnet and Anonymous. Sudan claimed they had brought down multiple Israeli websites, including those of Israeli security agency 
uh, Shin Bet and, and the Jerusalem Post. A Russian disinformation campaign was launched immediately trying to associate weapons found in Gaza used by Hamas to slaughter innocent civilians in Israel with Western donated weapons to Ukraine, implying that they had been sold on the black market to Hamas after being donated to Ukraine in an attempt to erode support for Ukraine. This is, this is insidious. It really is. Uh, finally, shortly after the initial attack, there was a call by the Russian foreign ministry spokes, uh, spokesperson, uh, Maria Zakharova, which we talked about, um, uh, uh, for uh, uh, Palestine and Israel to implement an immediate ceasefire, renounce violence, exercise the necessary restraint established with the assistance of the international community and negotiation process aimed at establishing a comprehensive, lasting, and long-awaited peace in the Middle East. After 20 months of the Biden administration providing uh, Ukraine just enough military aid to survive, the Kremlin likely created conditions in Israel to divide the U.S., allowing disinformation to seep within the American political fabric designed to create dissension and paralysis while placing doubt in the minds of American allies. In March 2023... Biden got it right in Warsaw when he exclaimed, for God's sake, this man cannot remain in power, referring to Putin. A Russian defeat in Ukraine would likely bring an end to Putin's regime and the cancer it propagates throughout the world, including Hamas, which, of course, Russia supports Iran, which supports Hamas, which means Russia supports Hamas, this is very likely connected to Putin, this, this attack in Israel. Uh, NATO members, we're moving on. NATO members assured President Volodymyr Zelensky uh, that they would sustain military aid to Ukraine, even amid the Israel-Hamas turmoil, as Zelensky visited the alliance's Brussels headquarters in uh, Brussels. Uh, NATO Secretary General uh, Jen Stoltenberg said he was confident that members of the military alliance would continue to support Ukraine as it was in their own security, uh, security in, uh, best interest. He said, we have the capability and the strength to address different challenges at the same time. We don't have the luxury of choosing only one threat and one challenge. And you know, being, uh, being, uh, being that they may be tied together, all the more reason, Right? Anyway, of course, he didn't say that part. I'm saying that part. Uh, Zelensky stressed to NATO members Ukraine's need for more air defense systems amid expectations that Russia will again attack the country's energy grid through the coldest months of the year. He also said the military needed artillery and ammunition to allow its forces to keep fighting during the winter. Zelensky said the winter air defense is a significant part of the, uh, of the answer to the question of when this war will end and whether it will end justly for Ukraine. Uh, Belgian Prime Minister Alexander de Croo uh, said his country supported a ban on Russian diamonds as part of an international sanctions on Moscow over its war in Ukraine. Uh, Russia exports about $4 billion worth of rough diamonds a year, nearly a third of the world's total. And by the way, 
If Russia doesn't get rid of the diamonds now, they will be worthless in years to come with the price of manufactured diamonds coming down. Uh, we discussed this. We discussed this. And I, and I told you about this. You may not believe me, but uh, during the turn of the last century, 1900, during the turn of the last century, pearls were more valuable than diamonds. More valuable than diamonds. A string of pearls were astronomical. Why? Because cultured pearls were not invented yet. Once cultured pearls were invented, the market dropped out for pearls. And they were basically, not worthless, but basically cheap. So, we're making diamonds now. And it's getting cheaper and cheaper to make them. You can bet the diamond market is going to collapse. I, I would not invest in diamonds if I were you. Let me just say that. <laughs> um, also, a spokesman for Decru, you know, the, the uh, um, uh, prime minister of Belgium, uh, said the country expected to collect 2.3 billion euros, which is two, like $2.4 billion, in taxes on frozen assets and would use them to help in the reconstruction of Ukraine. Most frozen Russian central bank assets are held in, Bel in Belgium. Wow, 2.3 billion euros. That's a lot of money. Uh, the Danish Ministry of Defense in Denmark, the Netherlands, and the U.S. would lead an international coalition to help Ukraine establish a future air force based on F-16 fighter jets. Of course, in the future, that would mean F-35s. Uh, the group will build infrastructure around the aircraft, including maintenance facilities. Uh, Denmark said earlier it expects to deliver its first F-16 to Ukraine by April 2024. A little bit of coffee. It's going to be another long report today. We're covering two wars. You know, Ukraine and Israel. Uh, Putin is testing his arrest warrant. He arrived in Kyrgyzstan today, marking the first foreign visit for the Russian leader this year and the first trip abroad since he was issued with an arrest warrant by the International uh, Criminal Court in March. Uh, Russia expects its military and defense cooperation with Kyrgyzstan to expand. He is due to attend a, con uh, attend a Commonwealth of Independent States uh, summit there on Friday. Uh, the Biden administration is set to announce new measures to raise the cost of Russia's attempts to skirt a limit uh, set on the price for its oil. At a senior official briefing, it said uh, today the U.S. Uh, Treasury Department is imposing sanctions on two entities and identifying as blocked property uh, uh, as identifying as blocked property to vessels that uh, uh, that use price cap coalition services uh, providers while carrying Russian crude oil above the coalition agreed price cap. Uh, taking the steps is sending a clear message to Russia that we will continue to be for, uh, focused on forcing them into two costly options. And attempts to expand beyond them will face a decisive and unified response. The new sanctions, part of a series of actions announced today, would primarily target the illicit fleet of ships the Kremlin has built up in the last year for the purpose of transporting its oil and oil products and selling them above price limits put in place by the West. Uh, some U.S. Republican lawmakers 
uh, has said they would resist any funding request for Democratic, uh, uh, from uh, Democratic uh, President Joe Biden that combined military aid for Israel and Ukraine amid resistance from a small but vocal group of Republicans to provide further assistance to Kyiv. Uh, Biden asked Congress in August to approve $24 billion for Ukraine and related international needs, but the request has not yet been approved. More reason why the election in 2024 is extremely important. We have to gain back the House. Uh, police have finished identifying bodies, finding that uh, 59 people were killed last week in a series of attacks in Rosa in the Kharkiv region. Home Affairs Minister Eeyore Klemenko wrote that all the victims were local residents and included the elderly, doctors, farmers, teachers, and entrepreneurs. Uh, the Security Service of Ukraine uh, accused two former residents of Horoza of helping guide the missile strike that killed some 55 people at a soldier's wake in the village last week. Uh, the men, who were brothers, worked for the Russians when Horoza was occupied for several months in 2022 and fled to Russia shortly before Ukraine regained control of the village in September of last year. Uh, Ukraine's president, Volodymyr Zelensky, uh, said the country's armed forces are holding their ground in the town of Avdivka in Donetsk, despite Russian forces intensifying their attempts to seize the settlement. Uh, Zelensky said on Facebook today, Avdivka, we are holding our ground. It is Ukrainian courage and unity that will determine how this war will end. We must all remember this. Uh, local uh, mayor Vitali Barabash said on television, we withstood everything. We held our positions. All the attacks were repulsed. In some, we even tried to counterattack. A day after the Russian attack kicked off on Tuesday, the fields between Russian and Ukrainian positions north and south of Avdivka are littered with wrecked Russian vehicles and dead and wounded Russian infantry. Of course, Russia just leaves their wounded behind. Uh, independent analysts who uh, tally combat losses in Ukraine quickly gauged the scale of the debacle as R Russian uh, regiments rolled into Ukrainian artillery and missile kill zones. Analyst Andrew uh, uh, Perpetua in just uh, the last 24 hours has verified around 70 vehicle losses on the Russian side but only 15 on the Ukrainian side. Among the Russian losses is at least one of four main tank types, T-62s, T-72s, T-80s, and T-90s. The only type missing is the 70-year-old 254 or 55. Uh, one Ukrainian source claimed that the Russia, Russians lost 34 tanks in all. At least four people were killed when a Russian missile strike uh, struck a school in the town of Nikopol in the central Ukrainian region of Dnipropetrovsk. Uh, Interior Minister Ior Klemenko said two people were injured in the attack as he shared a video on social media of emergency services digging through the building's ruins. Uh, the commander of the Joint Forces of the Armed Forces of Ukraine said Ukraine uh, said it thwarted an overnight attempt by Russian saboteur group to cross its northeastern border in the Sumy region. Uh, 
Uh, Lieutenant General Serhiy Naiv wrote on Telegram, the saboteurs tried to cross the state border of Ukraine and intended to move further towards one of the civilian critical infrastructure facilities. The eight-member group was repelled by Ukrainian fire, and there were no losses among Ukrainian troops. A veteran Russian human rights activist, Oleg Orlov, was convicted and fined for discrediting the U.S. arm—excuse uh, me, the armed forces—after telling Moscow court that Russia had descended into a totalitarian state resembling George Orwell's 1984 as he defended himself over a November 2022 article in which he said Russia under President Vladimir Putin had descended into fascism, fascism, uh, which we've said several times. I don't know why the Russian court court has not called me out. I'm a little offended. Our prosecutors did not ask for a jail term for the 70-year-old because of his age. Uh, it was like a $1,500 fine, but, you know, prosecutors had asked for a $2,500 fine. Uh, now that I have your attention, let's try and fix the rest of the world. Let's start with Israel, of course. Uh, what was one of the first things you learned as a child when you were growing up? What did your mom tell you? <clears throat> did she tell you two wrongs don't make a right? That's what my mom told me. As Israel continues their war crimes with indiscriminate Gaza airstrikes, the death toll of innocent civilians keeps rising. 320 children have been killed so far, and I am positive the death toll is higher than, than reported and even higher than since I reported it, since I wrote this down. No power, no telecommunications, no food, no water, no medicine. People are dying in the streets with nothing. Hospitals are on generators, but that won't last much longer. Israel's retaliatory airstrikes across the Gaza Strip after Hamas weakened attack have killed at least 1,100 people, including those children. Some members of Congress have spoken out against Israel's recent killing of Palestinian civilians. Democrats have. Uh, yesterday, uh, Jewish Senator Bernie Sanders of Vermont said that while he welcomes the Biden administration's offer of solidarity and support to Israel following Hamas's deadly attack, he said, we must also insist on restraint from Israeli forces attacking Gaza and work to secure UN humanitarian access. He said, as you and I have said, the targeting of civilians is a war crime no matter who does it. Israel's blanket denial of food, water, and other necessities to Gaza is a serious violation of international law and will do nothing but harm innocent civilians. Let us not forget that half of the two million people in Gaza are children. Children and innocent people do not deserve to be punished for the acts of Hamas. AOC, AOC rocks, AOC posted on formerly known as Twitter, the population of Gaza is about 2 million, nearly half are children. Millions of innocent people cannot be made to pay for Hamas's horror. Collective punishment is a war crime. So are blockades to food and water. We cannot allow dehumanization to descend into further atrocity. Yesterday, the United Nations Relief and Works Agency for Palestine Refugees in the Near East 
Commissioner General Philip Lazzarini said, What is unfolding is already an unprecedented humanitarian tragedy. Whatever the circumstances are, rules apply in times of conflict, and this one is no exception. Aid to civilians who have nowhere to flee must be immediate. Water, food, and medicine. It is of utmost urgency that access to humanitarian assistance and protection be upheld for all civilians. Uh, The human rights group, Jewish Voice for Peace, issued an urgent call for the U.S. public, calling on Americans to pressure members of Congress to help end the ongoing airstrikes in Gaza. But there are not enough voices to stop Biden with his administration and U.S. support in general to stop them from supporting the Netanyahu regime with the promised $3.8 billion every year, plus the extra aid that is being given to them right now. They're being given extra missiles so they can kill innocent civilians. Someone needs to speak up. Hopefully somebody out there will do that. You know I'm already speaking out against it. Uh, and I, and of course, I always tell uh, um, my representative, who's absolutely worthless, because he supports Israel unconditionally. In other war crimes, Israel's health minister has told medical staff in public in the public health system that they should refuse care to captured Hamas attackers. Moshe Arbel wrote in a, in a directive. Since the beginning of the fighting, the issue of treating the, the damned and despicable Hamas terrorists with the public hospitals has piled up a tremendous difficulty in the health system. In these difficult times, the health system should focus fully on the treatment of victims of the criminal massacre, the idea of, idea of soldiers, and preparedness for the next. Yeah, you know, something's lost in the translation there, but you're getting it. Let them die. Do not treat them. That's what he's saying. And the false propaganda by Israel continues with claims that Hamas beheaded Israeli children and sexual assault of hostages. So far, none of that has been confirmed. It's just lies so they can continue their war crimes. And Biden repeated those lies. This is the third time I've called out Biden today, and I will continue to do that. Soon after... Uh, Biden repeated those lies soon after White House spokespeople walked back Biden's comments because they were lies based on government reports that were unverified. I still believe this is a wag the dog moment. This allowed Netanyahu to reach an agreement with Benny Gantz, opposition National Unity Party, into an emergency government. In the agreement, a small war cabinet to direct the war with Hamas will be created as demanded by Gantz, which will include just Netanyahu, Defense Minister Yoav Gallant, and Gantz. Yoav Gallant is a piece of work. Uh, Former IDF General National uh, Unity uh, Party MK uh, Gadi Eshkot, together with Minister Ron Dermer, will serve as observers in the War Cabinet. It was agreed no legislation in Neset or government resolution will be advanced during the war, that are not related to managing the war. Uh, Does that mean that the Supreme Court over there will keep its power? Not sure. I don't know. 
I think they're working on that right now. I think that's already water under the bridge, but we'll see. All I know is that Yahoo Netanyahu did not have the power to keep himself out of prison and to stay in power, and now suddenly he has the power. And now, just reported a few minutes ago, the uh, well, I wrote this about half an hour ago, the Israeli government has not confirmed the specific claim that Hamas uh, attackers cut off the heads of babies during the attack on Saturday. Uh, they lied about it, contradicting a previous public statement by the prime minister's office. The officials said there has been cases of Hamas militants carrying out beheadings and other ISIS-style atrocities. However, we cannot confirm in the, uh, uh, if the victims were men or women, soldiers or civilians, adults or children. <sighs> beheadings are horrible. Yes, of course they are. But claiming that they're beheading children, you can't do that. This morning, Antony Blinken is in Israel. Prime Minister uh, and war crimes perpetrator Benjamin Netanyahu thanked Biden and Blinken for their support. Then he talked about Hamas' brutal assault. He spoke of the massacring of young people in the outdoor music festival, the butchering of entire families, the murder of parents in front of their children, and the murder of children in front of their parents, the burning of people alive, the beheadings, the kidnappings of a young boy, not only kidnapped, molested, hurt, attacked, unconfirmed, of course, but did not once mention the history of atrocities committed by Israel. Blinken stood up and responded with a story about his own family Jewish history. You'd think with the oppression caused to his family, he would understand the oppression leveled against Palestinians, but he didn't. Blinken welcomed the creation of the National Emergency Government, and as he put it, the unity and resolve that it reflects across Israel's society. He said, we are delivering on our word, supplying ammunition interceptors to replenish Iron Dome along with other defense material. The first shipments of U.S. military support have already arrived in Israel and more is on the way. Israel is a money pit. Uh, he said, as Israel defense needs evolve, we will work with Congress to make sure they are met. And I can tell you, there is overwhelming, overwhelming bipartisan support in our Congress for Israel's security. He affirmed that the U.S. is also working to ensure the release of hostages, and Biden has not ruled out boots on the ground to rescue American hostages. We shall see. Uh, Blinken said at least 25 American citizens were killed. Now, I wonder if Biden says that he's going to tie uh, Ukraine arms to uh, Israel aid. I wonder if Netanyahu will say that he supports Ukraine forcing Republicans' hand to vote on that side to con continue Ukrainian arms. I wonder if Blinken is asking him to do that. We shall see. And now, Israel will draw Syria, Syria into the fight. According to reports, Israel carried out attacks against airports in Syria today. Syrian state television said the strikes targeted the main airports in Damascus, the capital and northern city of Aleppo. Sources cited by The Wire say the uh, strikes are intended to disrupt Iranian supply lines to Syria. The attacks also come a day after 
excuse me, a day before Hossein Amrabodalian, uh, Iran's foreign minister, was due to visit Syria. Uh, from what I understand, there were no uh, um, uh, injuries in uh, Aleppo. Uh, I have not heard anything about Damascus. Uh, while the Democratic House is divided on Israel and, Pal- uh, and Palestine, even though there is considerably more support for the country, uh, Republicans are more joined together on support extending to war crimes. U.S. Senator Lindsey Graham was accused of incitement to genocide after the uh, Republican urged Israeli forces to destroy Gaza. And he wasn't the only prominent GOP figure to make such an incendiary call. On Fox News, Tuesday night, Graham asserted that we are in a religious war here. I am with Israel. Whatever the hell you have to do to defend yourselves, level the place. Which is exactly what Israel is doing. Since Saturday, Israel air and artillery attacks have struck civilian targets, including apartment buildings, hospitals, schools, mosques, and the Jabala refugee camp, Gaza's largest refugee camp. Additionally, Israel is blocking food and fuel from entering Gaza and has cut off electricity, actions that experts say amount to war crimes. Appearing on Fox News over the weekend, 2024 GOP presidential candidate and former UN ambassador Nikki Haley implored Netanyahu to finish the Palestinians, which was a call for genocide. On Monday, Senator Marco Rubio Republican of Florida wrote on social media that Israel must respond disproportionately to this and any future attacks. Disproportionate attacks are war crimes under the Fourth Geneva Convention. The U.S. based group Jewish Voice for Peace yesterday blasted U.S. government officials who are spreading racist, hateful, and incendiary rhetoric that will fuel mass atrocities and genocide. And that is your Republican Party. And and there are some Democrats, but Democrats are split. Some are talking about that it, it needs to end. Most are talking about how it needs to end on both sides, not escalate. While we're talking about a House divided, let's talk about Republicans and the speaker race. Yes, we're back into the United States, finally. 30 minutes in, jeez, man. Um, At this point, Steve Scalise does not have the votes to be speaker, even as Jim Jordan has backed him. Scalise must now work to unite the divided Republicans and secure the backing of of most of its representatives. A growing number of Republicans have said they will not support him. He needs 217 votes. Republicans don't want a repeat of the multiple losing votes of McCarthy earlier this year. So they uh, likely won't go to the floor until they have enough. We are now about a month away from another government shutdown, plus Israel, plus Ukraine, plus Taiwan. Why is there no not a rule that a speaker cannot be ousted without a replacement speaker in place? Wouldn't that make more sense? At last count, Scalise has 113 votes, nowhere near what he needs, but it's both GOP sides of the House, part of the extreme far-right Freedom Caucus, and those who are just, you know, just far-right. Trump has endorsed Jim Jordan, 
But when the vote is secret, there are less people falling in line behind Trump. So that tells you how Republicans truly believe. Um, and there's still plenty of support for Trump in, in the Republican caucus. It's kind of sickening. And while we're talking about Jim Jordan, we might as well talk about Fannie Willis in Georgia. You're like, huh? I, we reported on this story a long time ago. Fulton County District Attorney Fannie Willis declined to provide House Judiciary uh, Chairman Jim Jordan with any additional information about her investigation of Trump and his allies, as well as any interactions with the Justice Department. Willis wrote in her letter to Jordan, a charitable explanation of your correspondence is that you are ignorant of the United States and Georgia constitutions and codes. A more troubling explanation is that you are abusing your authority as chairman of the Committee on the Judiciary to attempt to obstruct and interfere with a Georgia Georgia criminal prosecution, referring to Trump. Uh, I'm going to go go out on a limb here and say it's the second one that he's trying to interfere with interfere with the prosecution. Uh, Jordan has been trying to get inside information, presumably for Trump's defense. Willis provided information about the federal funding her office receives, but she has rebuffed Jordan's demands for information related to her investigation and copies of any communications between the district attorney's office and the federal executive branch officials, particularly anyone in the Justice Department. The House Judiciary Committee opened an investigation into the Fulton County District Attorney's Office in August and has focused on their interactions with the Justice Department and any use of federal funds in its probe. By the way, Fannie Wilson also directed Jim Jordan, uh, uh, um, Jim Jordan uh, to go to the Justice Department if he wants to question them about it. <laughs> uh, Jim Jordan is a piece of work, isn't he? Uh, Inside the U.S., uh, Biden went to the Rose Garden to speak about something else as well. Uh, Biden said the Federal Trade Commission has proposed a new rule that would ban businesses from charging junk fees, uh, uh, unexpected service charges, and other fees that are revealed to a consumer just before an online purchase is finalized by ticketing companies, car rental agencies, and other businesses. Biden said companies charge the fees simply because they can and that banning them will give households across the nation more breathing room. He said these junk fees can add hundreds of dollars weighing down family budgets, making it harder to pay family bills. These junk fees may not matter to the wealthy, but they sure matter to working folks in homes like the one I grew up in. Uh, That's what he said. The proposed rule has a 60-day public comment period. If finalized, the FTC would be empowered to impose financial penalties on companies that don't make their products full prices clear to consumers and obtain refunds for people who are charged junk fees. And you can bet banks will fight tooth and nail because they profit greatly from junk fees along with many companies. Amazon does the same thing. Uh, Everybody does it. The president also announced that the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, the CFPB, will require large banks and credit unions to provide basic services to consumers, such as account balances and information needed for applications, without charging fees. 
but who knows how long that will last. As you know, Republicans are trying to defund and end the power of the CFPB put in place by Obama. The CFPB has taken numerous actions since Biden took office to protect consumers from unfair fees and announced yesterday that it will work as uh, uh, um, that its work has brought bounce check fees down more than 86 percent since 2021, saving Americans, particularly low income families, nearly two billion dollars, which which normally would have gone to to banks for profit for their for their uh, investors who sit on their asses and do nothing all day. The Bureau also said it has secured $140 million in refunds for people who were charged types of junk fees that are already illegal, such as surprise overdraft charges and multiple bounce checks fees for one transaction. In other words, um, uh, you, uh, 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 you have uh, five checks. The first, uh, they, uh, and, and all of them, four of them, are low enough where, where it covers it, but they take the one that would uh, uh, overdraw you so they can charge you uh, uh, bank fees on the other four, right? <laughs> oh, man. Banks are are criminals. They really are. Uh, moving on. And now we're moving on to the gift that keeps on giving. A group of House Republicans from New York... Uh, our introdu- is intru- a group is introducing a resolution to expel Representative George Santos from Congress. Yesterday, Representative Anthony Desposito De- from New York said on formerly known as Twitter, Today, I'll be introducing an expulsion resolution to rid the People's House of fraudster George Santos. He told reporters he considers Santos a stain on the House and on New York State. He said, it's time that we move on from George Santos. The resolution will be co-sponsored by fellow New York House Republican Nick LaLota, Mike Lawler, Mark Molinero, Nick Langworthy, and Brandon Willis. LaLota said he considers Santos an immoral and untrustworthy person. He said the sooner he's gone, the better. Uh, Responding to the resolution, Santos said, if they want to be judge, jury, and arbitrator, of the whole goddamn thing, let them do it. Then he ran into his office to hide. (laughs) Republicans in New York face backlash for not immediately removing Santos, and that threatens their own campaigns. And you can bet those running against them are going to use that and say, look what they did. They let Santos stay. (laughs) Moving on. Uh, In Ohio, Uh, The people's voice is being heard. If you remember, Republicans tried to stop this by changing the law, changing the Constitution to allow a minority to to decide what Ohio's Constitution says. Yesterday, in-person voting for the uh, November ballot measure over abortion rights began in Ohio, the latest state where voters will decide the issue. Ohio is the only state to put an uh, an abortion's right question before voters this fall, making it a testing ground for messaging ahead of the 2024 elections when it's expected to be on the ballot in more states and a major factor in races uh, up and down the ballot. In 2024, 
those fights in multiple states will bring people out to vote and cause Republicans to lose tickets nationwide. In Ohio, election officials throughout the state are generally predicting heavier than normal turnout for an off-year vote because of the high-profile campaigning over Issue 1, a constitutional amendment that seeks to enshrine abortion rights. A second question on Ohio's November ballot asked whether Ohioans want to legalize recreational marijuana. If passed, it would make Ohio the 24th state to legalize cannabis for adult use, recreational use. Last night, United Auto Workers decided to show their resolve. Ford makes more money off of their pickups than anything else. The UAW launched a surprise strike at Ford's most profitable plant, calling on nearly 9,000 members in Kentucky to walk off the job after the company did not come to the bargaining table with a new contract proposal. Speaking outside of Ford's Dearborn, Michigan headquarters, UAW President Sean Fain said, We came here today to get another offer from Ford. Unfortunately, this offer was the exact same offer they gave us two weeks ago. They're not taking us serious. We've been very patient working with this company on this. At the end of the day, they have not met expectations. They're not even coming to the table on it. So at this point, we had to take action. Fain and other UAW officials called a meeting with Ford and demanded a new offer, which Ford did not have. Fain reportedly said in response, You just lost Kentucky truck. This is all you have for us? Our members' lives and my handshake are worth more than this. The walkout at Ford's Kentucky truck plant in Louisville brings the total number of UAW members on strike at the big three U.S. car manufacturers to roughly 33,000. Thousands of workers left their jobs at 6.30 p.m. just minutes after union officials walked through the plant, uh, shut off the line, and told workers to walk out peacefully. Ford said, the vehicles produced at Louisville-based factory, uh, the F-Series uh, F Super Duty, the Ford Expedition, and the Lincoln Navigator generate $25 billion a year in revenue. Sean Fain posted on formerly known as Twitter, We're not going to take it. No, we ain't going to take it. We're not going to take it anymore. Just kidding. He didn't say that. He said, we're not going to wait around forever. If Ford can't get that after four weeks on strike, these 8,700 workers shutting down their biggest plant will help them understand it. Ford has offered UAW members a 23% wage increase over the course of a four-year contract, as well as cost of living adjustments. The UAW has demanded 36% wage hike and significant improvements to retirement healthcare, and other benefits. Oh, sorry, a long one. Uh, same, almost the same amount of time as yesterday. Uh, that's it. Thanks for listening. 
Thursday, October 12, 2023. Thursday, October 12, 2023. Man, do I appreciate you so much for coming every day. Have I told you that lately? Uh, bring someone with you if you can, today or tomorrow. PVTV, Political Views TV Podcast. That's what you Google to find me. I'll show up right at the top of the search. You can tweet to me or exclaim to me or post to me. Questions, insights, or fights at Cyberclops, C-Y-B-E-R-C-L-O-P-S on formerly known as Twitter. And remember... Always remember, government profit is measured by the betterment of the people. Don't you ever forget that. I'm Peter Lawrence, reporting from Los Angeles.